welcome to episode one of the Michaela podcast, your chance to hear about the inner workings of Britain's most exciting school. My name is Tom Kendall and I'm a maths teacher at the school and today I'm going to be interviewing one of Michaela's deputy heads and someone who's kind of an edu Twitter celebrity. It's Mr Joe Kirby and we're going to be talking on the topic of knowledge organisers, why you should use them, what to put on them and more importantly, what not to put on them. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Hello Joe. So to start off, can you tell us a, the story about how you came to become a teacher at Michaela? So Daisy Christodoulou introduced me to Catherine Burblesing and the rest is history. <laughs> so it's pretty much simple as that. I mean, we, I heard Catherine speak. Daisy invited me to an event where Catherine was speaking and I just really liked what she was setting out to achieve felt really inspired and got in touch with her afterwards and we started to kind of work out that our ideas were really aligned and so then we we decided to go and found and establish Michaela together Catherine had got the green light from the DFE and we spent a year, not just Catherine and I, but also about five others of us as heads of departments, planning for the setup. We set up in 2014 in Wembley. Even two days, I remember, before the children arrived, the building hadn't even been set up. And even two months after the children had arrived, the building has still not yet been set up. <laughs> Stressful times. Uh, but uh, ultimately, it was the teaching that mattered more than the building, luckily. That must have been a really exciting time to be working at the school. I suppose one of the things that makes the school so special is our use of knowledge organisers. Now, could you explain to everybody what a knowledge organiser actually is? Sure. A knowledge organiser is, simply put, a one-page revision guide. So the knowledge organiser specifies the facts, the concepts, the definitions, in history, the dates and the events. In English, the characters, the techniques, the quotations, perhaps, that all pupils are expected to remember after the unit has finished, for the long term. And so really, the knowledge organiser shows pupils what to revise. So why do you think they're so useful? I think there's two reasons why we think that knowledge organisers are so useful. The first is clarity for teachers, and the second is memory for the pupils. So on clarity for teachers, knowledge organisers give new teachers crystal clarity on exactly what they're expected to focus on in their teaching in their recaps, in their instruction. They also give teachers of new classes clarity on what pupils have studied in the past. If you're picking up a class in year 11, you know exactly what they're expected to remember in your subject from the past four years. And that clarity is really helpful for any teacher of a new class. Just to play devil's advocate there, couldn't a textbook just do the same job? It could. The harder thing about the textbook is that it's much, much longer. And the beauty of the knowledge organiser is that it's distilled, simplified, clarified into one page per unit, such that if you're a new teacher and you teach five different classes, you only have to look through, I'd say, ten organisers per, per year in order to get up to speed swiftly on what people should most remember, and that you don't have to spend the time reading, you know, ten textbooks. Yeah. You, you, I think you should also do that, but it's at least it's a starting point, which allows new teachers to hit the ground running really swiftly, 
and to show to their new classes that they've got the authority and the you know the credibility that it's not that the pupils know more than the teacher but the teacher has the exact knowledge memorized in their own long-term memory so that they have the credibility with the pupils so i think that helps new teachers a lot but actually what we've also realized is that it gives veteran teachers clarity too on how well new teachers are doing in terms of helping their pupils to remember so as head of department you can go into any teacher's classroom and ask any kid any question from based on the knowledge organizer that they've studied so far and you would hope to see that that pupil has retained it and remembered it so it's a really good way of getting really strong alignment between middle leaders veteran and new teachers and pupils so that everybody's clear on the same wavelength literally on the same page singing from the same hymn sheet if you like and that really helps so that's clarity for teachers but the second reason was that knowledge organizers boost memory for pupils so they help pupils revise they they can be used in daily recaps in lessons weekly quizzes that pupils revise for and also knowledge exams which happen twice a year at Michaela perhaps more often in other schools pupils then revise for these tasks and the organizers help them to revise so they help them focus on what matters most and help them across subjects pupils can have seven eight subjects to focus on and it helps them to work out in a knowledge book which organizes all the knowledge organizers and clarifies for the pupils in this subject this is what the teachers expect me to know and remember most and the rest of the textbook in practice i should be able to apply but if i've forgotten this then i will not be able to access the rest of the textbook i will not be able to access the rest of the subject curriculum in future years so over the summer holidays in the evenings in weekends they are really clear on what to revise what to focus on and what to remember for the long term so how do you actually encourage the pupils to revise from their knowledge organizers we do make it daily homework to revise one subject per night i think that helps the pupils know each monday they've got a self-quiz on humanities for example so that gives them a daily accountability that every evening they'll be using the knowledge organizers and what do you mean by self-quizzing there self-quizzing is quizzing themselves testing themselves or getting somebody else to quiz them or test them using the knowledge organizer so they're testing can you remember the definition for this concept can you remember the concept if you just were given the definition they're revising taking the knowledge organizer turning them into questions and trying to remember the, the concepts, definitions, facts, events in history, characters, techniques, quotations. So they're really revising their subject knowledge and trying to make sure they don't forget it. Okay, so they're doing this in the little self-quizzing books and that's checked by a teacher right when they come into school. How do you make sure that they're not just copying lots of reams of knowledge organisers? Yes, and this is one of the most powerful dimensions of the knowledge organiser, that it must be combined or it's best combined with the testing effect so that the pupils should be testing themselves not just copying and we make that really clear as a culture to pupils that you're not going to remember as well if you copy like sand through the hands you'll just forget it and instead you should be testing yourself getting someone to test you using the testing effect and we also use that in lessons so the point of the weekly quiz is that after the weekly monday humanities quizzing the pupils would come in the next day and do a test on that exact sequence of knowledge and that way we can work out well if you just copied you're much less likely to do well in the test if you've 
properly revised, tested yourself, quizzed yourself, then you should be able to achieve a high results in that test. So the effort is really connected to the outcome they get in that test. So using the testing effect is really important. And without that, it would be hard to know whether they copied or not. But we find it's very clear the pupils who have copied perform badly, the pupils who have tested themselves and genuinely quizzed themselves perform well. It's very, very clear cut distinction. Yeah. Okay. Lots of schools these days are saying, oh, we're doing knowledge now. We've got knowledge organisers. We're doing it. But what would you say the three biggest mistakes you've seen people who are trying to use knowledge organisers are currently making? Three mistakes. I think the three mistakes that I most often see stem from misconceptions about what the knowledge organiser is you know, supposed to do. So for us, a knowledge organiser is not a knowledge organiser unless it is quizzable, unless it's organised, and unless it's focused on enduring knowledge as opposed to exam specifications which are quite transient and change yeah, year on year. So three mistakes I see is that knowledge organisers tend to be unquizzable when they're implemented badly. They tend to be disorganised and they tend to be skills organisers rather than knowledge organisers. So they're not genuinely um, organising knowledge. So on the first point, unquizzable, sometimes you will see an organiser which is unquizzable because it's just a block of text and the pupil was unclear on, well, how am I supposed to test myself on that? That lack of clarity then means that it's much harder for pupils to use to self-test, to self-check, to self-correct, to self-improve, to self-quiz. So unquizzable, that's the first mistake I see. So unquizzable, even like a series of bullet points for saying that's unquizzable. You want two clear columns, one thing they can cover, one thing that they can read. Um, that makes it easy to quiz, right? Exactly. The two-column aspect runs through every single knowledge organiser at Michaela, and it's a really important design function. Without that, it's hard for the pupils to cover up one side, and it's hard for them to know what they're quizzing on, whereas that column, that two-column method of designing the organiser gives real clarity on which exact aspect the teacher is expecting them to know both ways in both directions. It's not pretty, but it works. Yes, exactly. It's not about. It's not a beauty contest, and, and certainly none of our organisers would win uh, <laughs> in, in beauty contests with others because they're not colourful and they're not um, particularly visual. But they are organised, which comes into the second point, which is that the second mistake that I often see is that knowledge organisers outside of Michaela sometimes tend to be a bit disorganised in the sense that they're not chunked, they're not sequenced. So they're not really chunking down and organising in discrete categories the knowledge that you want the pupils to know. At Michaela, what we would tend to do is, in English, for example, organise um, the knowledge on, on, the, on the grid so that you have different chunks. You have a sequence with the plot, sequence with the characters, sequence with the quotations, the sequence with the techniques, different sequences that then allow them to combine those disparate elements in their analysis when they write, but first and foremost allow them to have schemas within their minds that draws on the, the cognitive science and the scientific research evidence into how the mind works around a hierarchical organisation. 
So this should be discrete chunks that the knowledge is chunked down into. That makes it much easier to remember rather than a sprawling mass. Mm. You've got different aspects within the organiser. In history, for example, you might start with a chronology, dates and events. Another sequence or section of the knowledge organiser might be the people in history, so names and descriptions of those historical figures. Another aspect might be some of the themes of history, some descriptions of those themes, uh, of, uh, specific to that unit, of course. So organisers have to be organised, otherwise they're not knowledge organisers. You'd think it would go without saying, but Yeah, it doesn't sadly. matter on the tin, right? And it's the same with the third mistake, that sometimes I see organisers that are more organising exam specification skills or mnemonics even that are procedural but ultimately again not this not the knowledge that you would want them knowing in 10 years time you know marks per or minutes per mark marks per question in 20 years time no one is going to ask them how many marks were on that section of the paper and how many minutes should you have spent on that GCSE exam no one's going to ask that so we try to choose knowledge that would be genuinely useful and important for them for years to come, decades to come even. And I think that exam specifications shouldn't be on knowledge organisers. They won't be on any Michaela knowledge organisers. And they, they shouldn't be because ultimately they are quite transient um, and ephemeral. And it doesn't matter to them whether they know those timings much beyond the exam. So we're trying not to focus on narrowing our domain of subject expertise to that which is on the exam and instead broaden out the domain to make sure they've got really broad, deep subject expertise and not just knowing the exam spec. Excellent. So that's your, you've gone through your three biggest mistakes. What advice would you give to a teacher who was trying to implement them in their classroom? Start, experiment, <laughs> uh, test it out, iterate, adapt, evolve and improve. I would say what I most love about knowledge organisers the combination of them with daily recaps and weekly quizzes is that any teacher can start right now. You can start on the weekends, implement it, print it out, hand it out to the kids and give it out on Monday morning, period one, you know, any, any lesson in fact. You can start straight away and, 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 and right now. And that's what I like about them, that they're easily implementable. They're completely free, of course. You know, There's absolutely no cost to them. All you need to do is take the time up front. And once they're resourced, they're renewable, they're replicable, they're sustainable, they're scalable. They're a fantastic device in terms of a replicable, renewable resource. And the only advice would be just begin because you'll learn lots of lessons from what work, about what works and what doesn't work from implementing them. And so the only advice would be to begin, to begin experimenting with them and try to find examples that you, you admire maybe um, and that you that meet those principles that they should be quizzable they should be organised they should be focused on enduring knowledge not transient exam skills and then begin fantastic there we go thank you very much uh, Joe uh, people can find you on Twitter uh, what's your handle? it's Joe underscore underscore Kirby at uh, uh, actually that's it it's not at <laughs> <laughs> perfect alright thank you very much So there you have it. Get using some knowledge organisers. I'd never used them in my previous school, but I really wish I had. I feel like teacher's subject knowledge in the UK is too often taken for granted. Like, I've got a maths degree, and therefore it seems to have been assumed that I know enough to teach Key Stage 3, for example. 
but that's not entirely the case. Since I've been at Michaela and I've been developing and using knowledge organisers, my mathematical knowledge has improved massively. Also, it's fantastic knowing exactly what facts every pupil in each year group should know. If you come and visit Michaela, you'll see teachers on duty at break and lunch and after school even, just throwing out the odd knowledge question from the knowledge organisers and keen pupils really excited to show off what they know. If you want to see some examples of some excellent knowledge organisers, I'll post a link in this podcast description. And on that note, please, please subscribe to this podcast. And if you've enjoyed it, leave us a review on iTunes. If you've not, well, don't really bother. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.